Welcome into another episode of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'm your host, David Gasper. With me, as always, is my site co-expert, Matthew Dwoskin. And joining us as a special guest this week is the now site editor for Dairyland Express, covering all things Wisconsin sports, Paul Bredel. Paul, Matthew, uh, thanks for joining me on the show. Happy to be here, David. It's my pleasure as always, and as always, there it is. There we are. Got to get the beer open. Um, Paul. It's a, it's a, it's a podcast. I, I, can't, I can't record without, without a beer in my hand. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I feel you. Paul, I mean, you, you were writing for us for, for a while, and you've now since graduated on to the role of, of site expert of, of Dairyland Express. You know, how's, how's that going over there? It's really good. I'm enjoying it. Like you said, we cover the Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers. Um, got a great team over there that uh, I'm working with, and I'm just really enjoying it. We're good. For everyone else that enjoys Wisconsin sports, not just the Brewers, um, be sure to check out Dairyland Express as well as us um, for everything going on uh, in the world of Wisconsin sports. NBA trade deadline was earlier today. Bucks made a whole bunch of moves. They're a great team. The Packers got a lot of things going on. The Badgers got some pretty good teams as well. A lot of things to cover over there. But back to the Brewers here. <laughs> there was some very big news today. The Milwaukee Brewers oh. have signed free agent starting pitcher Josh Tomlin. Um, this was not the signing <laughs> most of us anticipated, but the Brewers have signed Josh Tomlin to a minor league contract. Worth, I believe, one point two five million um, in base salary if he makes the roster, and an additional two and a half million, I think, in incentives. Um, so it's just a minor league deal. Uh, Matthew, what do, what do you think of bringing in Josh Tomlin to the rotation mix? I I think if he throws a single inning for the team, uh, the season's probably over. Yeah, feeling feeling that good about it, huh? Uh, you know, well, he, he okay. Now he only he, he in twenty sixteen he gave up thirty six homers. Yeesh. And last year, last year he cut that to twenty five. Yeah, but he only he only pitched seventy innings. I know. Yikes! He had thirty two total appearances, and he gave up twenty five homers. That's a lot. That's that's bad. He, he's throwing batting practice. <laughs> he is. He doesn't walk anyone. He had a career high one point five four walks per nine rate last year. That's it. That that's like a career Slow. high for him. Doesn't walk Slow. anyone. But that's because yeah. he leaves the ball over the middle of the damn plate every single time, and it just gets knocked out of the park. I mean, okay. So when I was the site expert for. Uh, Believeland Ball covering the Cleveland Indians. Oh, the you're first... really familiar with his work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Through, through the first half of 2018. So from, from January 2018 to to the middle of June, I was over there at Believeland Ball. And this was like the first like two, two and a half months of the season. And Josh Tomlin was terrible. Everyone was hating on him. He literally was giving up a home run every single game. He did not have a single start that went by without him giving up a home run. We thought Chase Anderson was bad in 2018. Josh Tomlin was so much worse. 
I mean, he got removed from the rotation, I, I'm pretty sure by the end of April, for for Adam Plutko. And it was just, oh, man, it was tough to watch. And so, now let's you know, now let's think of this guy in Miller Park, a hitter's paradise where home runs just fly out so easily, and we're putting this guy possibly in there. You know, I, I'd say Derek Johnson could fix him, but uh, now it's Chris Hook's yeah, job to fix him. Yeah, it's, it's his job to fix him. Uh, um, yeah, I it, honestly, this is this is a depth signing. Um, this is a guy that you know you kind of stash in AAA in, in case there's an emergency. A lot of yeah, a lot of injury. Like you know, it was like you know a, a flu epidemic or something. <laughs> and a positive for um, the Brewers, I suppose, in this is that there's really no risk to them. I mean, his base yeah. is one point two five just in the bigs, and if they want to, if he has a awful spring training and they want to ditch him after that, they can without really any repercussions. Accurate. Um, I've seen some stuff floating around already that. Uh, Hopefully he's the next Wade Miley for the Brewers. I would say that's very optimistic. Exceptionally yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he learned a new pitch. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll start throwing a cutter too, and all of a sudden he's going to have a two-and-a-half ERA. I wouldn't expect it, considering every oh. single full season he's had in his career is an ERA above four. He had, he had one season in his career with, with an ERA below four, and it was like 3.1, but he only had like 10 starts. And, and it was only like 65 innings. That was the only good season he's had. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't see it, anything coming from this. <laughs> no. <laughs> he'll be a fun story in, in March, and then he'll get cut or sent down to AAA or something. Then everyone will be like, oh, well, there goes that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you're half right. He'll be the eighth or ninth option for the starting rotation. I mean, he's he's going to have to have a ridiculous, I mean, ridiculous spring training if he's going to even make this roster as a long long reliever. Accurate. Yeah, he needs depth in the minors too. Yeah. Yeah. San Antonio does need starting pitchers, believe it or not. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got we got at least one. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a hitter friendly park down there in San Antonio. I get the feeling it is. Yeah, I don't think it matters actually. Yeah, <laughs> if Tomlin's on the mound, it's it's hitter friendly. That's also very true. Yep. Um, yeah, great guy from from everything that I've heard, but way too many meatballs from Josh Tomlin. And it's not the signing that all of us obviously would have liked or expected or hoped. Um, but, I mean, there's still the possibility that the Brewers could add a different free agent starting pitcher. Dallas Keuchel's still out there on the market. There hasn't been any news on that front since the last time uh, nope. we recorded an episode. And that report that Keuchel was down to three finalists, there hasn't been anything more on that since. But, um, apparently the Brewers are still interested in Gio Gonzalez and bringing him back to the, into the fold. Um, he made five starts with the crew last year in September. What do you guys think of uh, bringing back Gio Gonzalez? Paul, we'll start with you. Do you, do you think there's a possibility he returns? I think so. Um, one of the big reasons is he's a lefty, and as you know, as many options as the Brewers have for starting pitchers this upcoming year, Garrish, Asin, Burns, 
Freddie Davies, Jimmy Nelson, Brandon Woodruff, Chase Anderson, they're all righties. Um, so he would give them a left-handed option. Um, he's also just a year removed from, in 2017, he had an awesome year, over 200 innings, 296 ERA, 1.179 whip. Um, his big killer last year was that he was six in all of baseball with 80 walks on the season. Oof. And when he, when he got to Milwaukee, he was able to control that. He had 100, faced 100 batters and only gave up 10. So, you know, he doesn't have the velocity anymore, so his placement's key, and if he's missing, he's either going to get hit or give up a ton of walks as he did. Mm-hmm. But as far as adding a lefty for depth and he's a veteran playoff experience, I think it'd be a good addition. They could, they could do worse. Oh, they signed Josh Tomlin, so they could absolutely do worse. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be okay with it. Doesn't, I don't think it, it, signing him really moves the needle. It's a nice depth signing, but they've got so much depth already. Yeah. That I'm, I'm kind of struggling to see how, how he would fit into this roster. I mean, it, they, they barely have enough room for the guys that they have. And if you're not going to add a guy who, who fits at the top of that rotation, I kind of have a hard time seeing how he would fit in, you know, in the middle or the bottom of the rotation. Yeah. Are you guys concerned? I, oh, sorry. Go, on. Go ahead. I was going to say, are you guys concerned that it's all righties right now? I mean, a little bit. I mean, the Brewers have been... The Brewers have had all righties in the rotation for pretty much forever. And, like, yes. I've written about this twice, how the Brewers have basically no left-handed starting pitching in their entire organization. And as a mm-hmm. left-hander myself, I'm very upset about this. Yes. But, I mean, you really should have a lefty in there. I mean, all they've got is Josh Hader. Brent Suter's out for the entire season. I mean... Mm-hmm. There really aren't any other options that are close. I mean, the mm-hmm. the only other lefty in the organization that's a starter is Aaron Ashby, and he's going to be down in Low A, Wisconsin this year. Which I mean, we're big fans of Aaron Ashby. We're, we're big Aaron Ashby yeah, guys, him. but we are. But, but he's not big league ready just yet. I mean, he's twenty years old. No. I mean, he's he's still in Low A. Mm-hmm. So it I, I, it. it it might again, like like I said, it, it, I just I just don't see how another depth signing fits into the roster. You know, with with yeah. all the guys that they have, you know, I mean, if if they add another starter, you know, what happens to Freddie Peralta? What happens to Brandon Woodruff? You know, I we got Trey Chase. I, I, I almost feel like I, I, I yeah, yes. trade trade I, I, Anderson I or trade Davies. I, I almost feel like you know they, they you know they ha- they would have to be forced to make a trade at that point. You know, yeah. I think if they should, if they're going to get another free agent starting pitcher, I think it should be Dallas Keuchel. If they don't get mm. Keuchel, I think they should just stick uh-huh. with what they got. See if Jimmy Nelson can return to the form that he had before, and if he does, uh, I mean that basically is like signing a free agent starting pitcher. It, it, it basically is signing an ace to come back to the team and, and lead this rotation. I have That's no, I have, I have no idea what to make of Jimmy Nelson. Yeah. Like no, I I could I could see like any one of like twenty different scenarios happening with him. I don't think he's gonna be um, on the opening day starting five rotation. Really? I think I think they're gonna take it slow with him still. Unless hmm. unless he's just lights out in spring training, I think they're still gonna be cautious. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't pitched since September of twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean like competitively. Yeah. I mean, I I I can't imagine them taking it any slower than they have. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I remember like at, at this time last year we were talking about how you know he was probably going to be back. You know, in June, know, July. 
Yeah, June, July, August, somewhere in there. Yeah, and, and then they just kept on pushing it back and pushing it back, and next thing you know, he misses the entire season. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really not much slower they, they could take it. And, I mean, Jim, right. Jimmy said himself at Brewers on Deck that he's got his sight sets not only on making the opening day roster, but being the opening day starter. Mm-hmm. So he wants he wants that ball. I, I think he's back and ready to go. Will he be the same three and a half or lower ERA type pitcher that he was before? I'm not sure, but with how com- with how competitive I know Jimmy Nelson is, and how fiercely he'll attack this um, return to baseball, I'm not going to bet against him returning to form at all. Mm-hmm. I guess let me rephrase. I said taking it slow. I still think he'll be starting. I just think I'd, it wouldn't surprise me if the first few weeks of the season he's in San Antonio getting reps down there, just in mm. addition to the spring training. Mm. Fair Are they even able to? Does, does he have any options left? Oh, that's a good point. He might have one. But I, I, I'm, I'm about to look I, it up. I don't think he does. So he'd have to accept an assignment then. Yeah. Which he might be willing to do since he's coming back from a long injury, but mm. um, yes, he actually does have options remaining. Okay, so they can oh, send him okay. down. Oh, there you go. So, but still, oh, I, I, I don't think they'd put him in the minor leagues. See him back. Okay. You know, maybe they stash him for you know stash him for a week or a few weeks. Who knows? Like I said, I I could see like any one of twenty different scenarios playing out. I could see him being you know you know coming back and and you know shaking off the rust and being Jimmy Nelson again. I could see him really struggling. I could see something in the middle. You know, I could see a disaster. I I don't really know what to expect from him. I, I you know no nobody's really seen him. You know, we haven't, we haven't seen him throw to a live batter since. September. Until we actually see him on the mound. Yeah. He threw a couple simulated games, I think, down in Arizona last October. But mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, it'll be interesting so. to see how, what happens with Jimmy Nelson. And, and that'll be basically the big talking point pretty much all season. You know, what happens with him? Will he come back to, to what he was? And I can't wait to see it. I'm a huge Jimmy Nelson guy. I'm not going to bet against him. But definitely a couple of concerns there with him. Um, But if they're going to make a free agent signing, I think it's got to be Dallas Keuchel or no one at all for the starting rotation. Because there's there's simply no one else left that would move the needle enough. I would agree with that. They they have so much depth in adding a geo to the mix. Like you said, Matthew just kind of... He's just another another guy. They need someone above and yeah. beyond if they're going. And we've already added Josh Tomlin to the mix. Yeah. So really, I mean, how much so more depth options. do you need? Right. They're probably good for the year. Yeah, yeah. they should be. <laughs> of course, whenever you think you have enough starting pitching, you should probably go out and get another one. But that's just an old saying. Oh, yeah. There's also a saying: you, you can never have enough pitching. So why bother? <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure Jerry Reinsdorf said that, you guys. Ah, yes, of course. 
Jerry <laughs> Reinsdorf. <laughs> I don't think he, he didn't say that. I'm joking. Yeah, I would hope so, not. <laughs> Oof. It wouldn't put it past him. Uh, all right, so um, there was some other news this week from just kind of around oh. baseball in general. Yeah. So Jeff Passan and, and a number of other uh, MLB reporters we're talking about some possible rule changes coming to MLB. <gasps> Proposals exchanged cool. between the MLB and the Players, Associa- Players Association um, included a number of different possible proposals. Um, chief of which was the universal DH. Okay, we're going to start with this one? Sure, why not? All right, I, I thought we wanted to like ramp up to it. And, and oh, do we want to ramp up to it? Uh, okay, we can get to that a bit later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd rather ramp up to. I don't, I don't want, I, I don't want to come out firing. I'd rather come out like agreeing with each other, and then we can all get mad at each other. <laughs> okay, if you don't um, mind. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. We we can get to that one so, last time. All right, so, so there were well, there were a number of topics thrown back and forth. Yeah, the, the the Kyler Kyler Murray rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts. Does anyone care? I think that no, would just be something so that would get extremely manipulated by MLB teams, and like I, so. I think it's just it's just opening a huge can of worms that the MLB really probably shouldn't want to do. Are you serious? Yeah, I I think anything that brings more eyes to baseball is a good thing, and if you know, a, a two-sport athlete gets people excited, gets people interested. You know, why not allow for it? Oh yeah, like I'd love to, but there's definitely going to be some sort of manipulation by, by the clubs for this. How 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 would you think they would manipulate it? Just looking to to get around um, their bonus pools or whatever it is to sign some of these maybe higher mm-hmm. picks to these contracts when really maybe football or another sport isn't an option or it's not something that, that they're actually going to be going to do. It's just signing them to Fair that enough. major league contract just to, to get them there, to entice them to maybe sign with their club over and tell another club, Hey, I'm not going to sign with you if you pick me and something like that. I, I, I just think it's going to, it's just going to open a can of worm and can of worms. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. It's also such a rare thing, you know? Yeah. yeah I, where you have someone who's actually good enough to go to NFL and MLB, MLB, NBA, whatever it would end up yeah. being. I definitely think Kyler Murray should go with baseball, but I think so too. <laughs> I agree. I mean, there I aren't that many as a quarterback. Yeah, there aren't that many successful five foot ten quarterbacks in the NFL, despite all their hype. I mean, Russell Wilson's pretty good, but is, is Kyler Murray Russell Wilson? You know. know. Um. Murray also only started one year too. I I, I I do understand why he's doing it 100%. Um, you know, while, while you do get like you know the nice payday from from being a high, high draft pick in, in Major League Baseball, it's a lot of years before he's really going to get paid. And even then, it's not yeah. going to be what he would what he could possibly make as an NFL player, or at least an NFL quarterback, I should say. Yeah, I mean the the rookie contracts in the NFL pay out so much more. To be able to get more money a lot quicker because it's only a four-year deal, and then after four years, if he's a successful starting quarterback, he could get easily twenty-five million a season. Oh, at least. And even if he's not a successful quarterback, say he's taken in the top ten or even top twenty, 
that sticks with quarterbacks. You see guys who, you know, are kind of bust, but because of where they were taken or their name that they, you know, or this hype that they had around them at one point, it carries with them and they can extend that NFL career. So even yeah. if he does come out as a bust, he could probably still hang around six, seven years. And, you know, yeah, just get paid to wear a hat and hold a clipboard. Getting quarterback money. It's the only reason Jameis Winston still has a job. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, all right. Okay. So one, one all of right. these other possible rule changes. Okay. So next, next time I want to say study, a, stu- a study to lower the mound. Yeah. Um, Let's not, not lower the mound. Lower it. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I say raise it. Ooh. Let's do the exact opposite. I love it. A study to raise the mound. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. I love this. Yeah, that, that'll really kind of go after the uh, the tanking there. Teams that lose 90 games two years in a row, they move back. Um, I think it's like 10, 15 spots in the draft. Um, mm. And they also I like saw, I also saw in one proposal that like revenue receiving clubs like small market um, revenue sharing receiving clubs like the Milwaukee Brewers they would get draft advantages for making the playoffs so a team like the Brewers mm. because they make the playoffs and they're a small market revenue re- sharing receiving club they'd get to move up I think it was like 10 picks or something so they'd get draft advantages mm. for winning which as a Brewers fan totally on board with that you, you still get to win and be in the playoffs and you also get a good draft pick to help improve the farm system. I love that. Honestly, what I've always wondered is is, is there a reverse draft? Well, where the best team is, gets the best draft pick? Yes. Uh, and no, I, no. I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly why. Um, I think if if you win a championship, you should get a reward. You should be allowed to defend it, and why not? Give them the, you know, the t- I, 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 I just think it's a much, it, it, it's a way to encourage winning as opposed to a way to, uh, that currently encourages losing. I think in football, where the payouts are, or the salary caps and all that stuff are equal across the board, that might work. But in baseball, if you think back to the Brewers and they're really down years, you know, they're not able to go spend the big money to sign someone and now they're not getting the top draft picks either. Yeah. I mean, that's how they would build themselves back up. Yeah. Play better. I mean that that's how you get guys like Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder into your organization to help get right. you to win. You have those draft picks in the top ten that allow you to get a good team, a good group together to actually win. Yeah. You, you, you can't find a top player in, in at the thirtieth pick. Well you can, but it's much harder. There so you go. It, you gotta do better. You get there's a much higher success rate. The, there's a much higher success rate in the top ten picks because those ten are your more surefire, actual good players. The MLB draft as a whole is a crapshoot. Agreed. Right. Okay. So wait a minute. So you. So if it's a so, crap so shoot, but you where if you got a crap, I mean, even so, even with the first ten picks, you'd still got a fairly decent shot of landing someone who will be good. You got a much better shot there in the top 10 range than you do in the 20 to 30. Fair enough. Okay. Fair but, fair but, that, but that's where the advantages for winning teams that's, that are like, you know, small market revenue sharing teams that can't necessarily go out and sign big free agents is helpful. 
I mean, the Yankees sure. The Yankees have had one of the top farm systems for a couple of years. Do we want them adding another top player to that? I mean, do we want the Dodgers to add another top 100 prospect to their farm system? It doesn't seem like they have a hard time doing that anyway. Exactly. So why not keep them back there? Eh, because they've earned the right to draft that high. Yeah. Yeah. All right, another yeah, another proposal. Yeah. Another proposal. Uh, the expansion of rosters to 26 men with a 12 pitcher maximum and then the September like roster expansion is limited to 28 instead of 40. I like one of those things. Yeah. I I'm okay with the roster expansion 26. I don't like the 12 pitcher cap and I don't like the September roster cap. I think it should, I should do the 40. Yeah. I agree with all that. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, especially if you're adding an extra player, like, why are you going to have 14 position players? You know? Right. You, you don't mm. need that many. and you, But you could always use the extra pitchers because you go through more of those guys in a game. So I, th- I, yeah, I, think th- that's what, I think that's what it's trying to prevent. And yeah, I don't necessarily that, agree. But because the pace of that, play needs to be quickened. That rule probably that, that rule would coincide with their you know minimum three batters, so you're not going through as many pitchers. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to if you're going to limit the, I I just want one last thing here. If you're going to limit the September roster expansion, like why are you limiting it limiting it to just two? You know, like you could why not limit it like thirty or something so that everyone can add like four more players. You can add your extra catcher. You can add an extra position player, an extra pitcher or two. And then you got 30, and then you're fine. I mean, limiting it to 28, it's just... Uh, you wonder where they got that number from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I saw some that were like... Or one proposal, I think it was on Twitter, where it was like... Ha- like, you can call up more, but you can only have like 28 like active. Like, kind of have what the NFL has. You Like, you have a certain number uh-huh. of inactives for each game. So you just kind of mm-hmm. rotate through all your inactives... And you just have 28 active allowed per game. Actually, if, if I remember correctly, I think they do that in Japan, where they have, you know, like a, a roster that they they travel with, and then like an active roster that they play with. And and more often than not, it's you know the starting pitchers are the guys who you know the guys who aren't starting or are the guys deactiv- deactivated. Yeah. So so if you're um, so if you're on a so if you're on a home stand, you could um, just have your one starting pitcher active for that one game, and then exactly. Load up with four other position players or bullpen if you want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's what they do. That's interesting. Or like you know, if yeah. Josh Hader just threw three innings the day before, and you're just like, well, he's down today. They right. could just yeah. put him in active and have another pitcher there just to be, to be able to take his spot instead of having Hader sitting out there in the bullpen, hoping you don't have to bring him in and run through all the rest of your pitchers. And more often than not, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it simply it, it typically means more veteran guys are able to find jobs. It's exactly. Not, you, know, you, 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 you don't see teams carrying, you know, mm-hmm. five extra rookies. It's typically like older guys who they can kind of, you know, cycle through, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's definitely what the Players Association would want because they yeah, want to get these think... veteran free agents signed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about pitch clock? Oh, the pitch clock. Another proposal of the 22nd pitch clock, which some people think is actually going to be coming in this year, which I am absolutely dead set against. It is so stupid. Why? We're not Why? introducing clocks to the game of baseball. I mean, that, that's part of the beauty of baseball. There's no clock involved in it. 
and just having this countdown thing. There's going to be numerous ways around it. It's just going to be stupid. It's, it's going to serve no point. It's not going to add any fans to the game. No one's going to be like, oh, they got a clock out there that's telling us pitcher he's got to go. I'm actually going to fall in love with this game now. Like, MLB's trying to get at these younger fans. Throwing in a 20-second pitch clock is not going to do a damn thing to add more fans to this game. Okay, I, I agree with you to a point, but I also had to watch Jeff Gray come in as a reliever, and he would average about a pitch a minute, and it was infuriating. So because one pitcher way back when, when you were a child back in the 1800s, is I, able I to... That's fair. Because <laughs> <laughs> one pitcher way back when took forever. It was means we got to introduce the pitch one. clock to the whole league. It wasn't just one guy. It was. Quite, it's always. It, there's. There are always been guys like that, and it. I, I. I just. I hate. I hate sitting there waiting for a guy to throw a pitch a minute. I'm sorry. There's. There's no reason not to get the ball and throw the ball. I don't think that this change is necessary. I'm against it as well. I think that in general, the whole baseball needs to speed up thing is really blown out of proportion. Thank you. Um. And I. And I really agree with you, David. All the changes that they're trying to make is to get new fans. There isn't any reasonable change that can be done to baseball that's going to change a non-baseball fan into a baseball fan. What MLB needs to do, if if they're going to add younger fans to this game, is effectively market their players. You market Mike Mm -hmm. Trout. You market Christian Yelich. You market Mookie Betts. You look at your star players. You market them to your younger audience. That's why MLB is trying so hard to get Kyler Murray away from football. They, they want to market him as, as, a, as the next future star. MLB needs to do that to add, more, to add more fans to this game. That's what you need to do. Not shorten the game by five minutes. NFL games take just as long as baseball games. Yet no one complains about that one. But MLB games NFL are too games long. Are up in time. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And MLB is completely missing the point here on their attempt to get a younger fan base. They're completely missing it. A 20-second pitch clock is not going to help. Get the ball, throw the ball. That was always my attitude as a pitcher as well. Like, I wasn't one of those guys who took forever in between pitches. I I don't understand why some of those guys take that long. But Mm -hmm. I I still think adding, adding a pitch clock is not going to really help make any sort of significant impact. And what's the penalty if you miss it? it yeah, ball? like, are you going... What would they do? Does the guy get a ball, or... What happens if the batter calls timeout? What happens if, if the catcher forgets the sign, or if the pitcher needs to go through it again? Because he's still trying to think through what he wants to throw. Do I want to go with a fastball here? Do I want to go curveball? Do you want to go change? And he's still running through that process on, on what he wants to go through. And maybe he needs an extra two seconds to think about it. And why would the clock start just once he's on, once he's on top yeah. of the mound? Yeah, D- does it start when he gets the ball back from the catcher? Do, like, I think that's how it works, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and what if the hitter calls time? Like, like, what's the pitcher supposed to do then? I mean, we've had this with Brent Suter. Reset the clock. There you go. But then it's still going to be more than 20 seconds in between pitches. We Okay. 
It's it's just gonna be so easily manipulated. Hitters are just gonna call time because they're gonna be like pitchers working too fast. Brent Suter sees this all the time. He works so quickly. Hitters just keep on having to call time because they don't have enough time to think. They're not ready. So then hitter calls time because pitcher's working too quickly. It's still gonna be way more than twenty seconds in between pitches. All it's gonna do is backfire. Hitter clock. Oh, not, now we're going to add clocks. more clocks to the game. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I knew that would get David in the way. Adding another clock. <laughs> what uh, clock do you look at? Yeah. Yeah. Which clock starts first? That's a good question. Umpire's just going to get confused. It'll just be like, someone throw the damn ball. Ugh. And how is right. Angel Hernandez going to interpret the clock? It's oh. good <laughs> that two might look like a 12. Yeah, that pass interference might look like a clean uh, no penalty. I'm convinced Angel Hernandez uh, was Hannah. the NFL referee for the NFC Championship game. <laughs> I'm convinced so, it was uh, him. A single trade <laughs> deadline before the All-Star break. I think we all agree this is stupid. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with a single I, trade deadline. Like, I agree getting rid of the waiver trade period in, in August but don't have it before the All-Star break. Just have it July 31st yeah. where it's always been and just have that be your only uh-huh. trade deadline. I split the difference. August 15th. <sighs> I, I, I feel like it's just like a little late. I mean, it only gives you a month and a half really with, with that player. And if it's a pitcher, I mean, that's not much time for an impact. I mean, plus then the teams that are selling they're getting way less in return for rental players so it almost serves no purpose for them to trade them like if the Giants wanted to trade Madison Bumgarner in July or like you know if they had to wait till August 15th to trade them they're not getting much back for them just because it's a month and a half but but if that's when the trade deadline is why would anyone else pay earlier why not wait until later why not wait till later and it'll cost you less in terms of prospects and you still get Bumgarner for October? Because you could have Bumgarner for more more time and he's a good player and he would help your team. Yeah, but why why do that when it'll cost you less players later? Because this is the era of prospects. Oh, because because every, everyone loves keeping their arm. prospects. So you just wait a week or two you give up less in terms of prospects, and you still get the guy for when you need it, for when you need him, which is October. Yeah, he's a good regular season starting pitcher, too. He's dominant in October, and that's, that's the only reason you're acquiring him, to be dominant in October. So why get him the two weeks earlier and pay extra? So that way you, you're assured of having him on your roster. But no one else is going to be trading for him in that time either because the trade deadline isn't for it. another two weeks. You don't know that. Can make a trade at any time, David. Can make a trade for Demas Bumgarner right now. We could, but you shouldn't. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but still, I, I, I just, right. I, I just rather have it July thirty first. It's a clean right. end of the month. You got two months left with them. Good timing. All right, uh, three batter minimum for pitchers. Dumb. I don't like it. Very dumb. Thank you. Very dumb. Okay. 
Okay, now I mean, now I mean the, that would uh, definitely impact the Milwaukee Brewers with, with how Council has utilized oh, yeah. his pitching staff. I mean, with the Wade Miley one hitter and you're done. You know, the, right. the whole opener strategy is done. I mean, the left-handed one-out guy, the the Loogie is gone. That's kind of being phased out in general right now, but still. Opens in general with just the whole management of it would yeah change. would be completely yep. different and it would it would Lefty impact the Brewers a lot and and what happens if a guy comes in and first batter gives up a home run and it's like well this guy's not doing that well second batter hey <laughs> right. gives up another home run you get, you get you're gonna have to wait for him to give up a third like is, you should be able to pull him at any time <laughs> yeah it's Josh Tomlin. <laughs> Matthew, do you want Josh Tomlin to face three batters at a minimum? I don't want him to face one batter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I think it's the MLB. They just want the whole. They just want the starting pitcher to be in longer. I think that's their their end game with that move. If it were to go through, I, I think they just want the end of the game to not take as long. Because I mean, you remember Tony Larusa? I mean, basically every single hitter, like he'd come in mm-hmm. for one guy take him out, bring in another guy to only face one guy, and then he brings in another guy, and you're just like, oh, this is taking forever. And mm-hmm. I think they're tired of that, those innings with like three different pitching changes, and everyone's just like, can we get this over with? Right. But I still think it's a dumb rule. Okay. All right, lastly. The universal DH. Bringing it yep. into both leagues. Um, Matthew, what are your thoughts? Yep. I, I think it's stupid that we don't have universal DH in in, in both leagues. You stu- you think it's stupid that we don't have it already? Correct. I was at game one of the NLCS, and whether this is a good argument or not, that Woodruff home run off oh. Clayton Kershaw was one of the greatest sports moments I've ever witnessed. And okay. having that DH, Matthew, would have robbed me of that moment that I will treasure forever. Yeah, you, I was you at you the game. Watch, you, you have to watch Eric, Eric Kane's bet more often. You're right. That would suck. <laughs> I was at the game in May when when Brent Suter hit a bomb to center field oh, off Corey Kluber. Kluber. Yes. That was a fantastic moment. I we think we Brent need to go to more baseball games, David. They should start paying us to go. Yeah, I know. Good things happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, you got, you got those kind of big moments and I mean, normally pitchers really aren't that great, but we also can't be deprived of Bartolo Colon swinging the baseball bat because that is just too incredible to deprive ourselves of. We absolutely can. Um, but yeah, pitchers in general aren't that good at hitting, but MLB Uh. does want to preserve, um, at least you know one league having the the pitchers hitting kind of the traditional way. They kind of like having the the opposite sides there. They they, they don't want to make it extinct completely. Make and, it extinct. Yeah, the, the the pitcher hitting. And I'm really on. Oh, I, I'm just. I'm really I'm, on the fence with this one. Me too. Like I I don't know how how to feel about because like on the one hand I love to see you know. Hey, pitchers are athletes too. Pitchers can can do things. You got guys like Brandon Woodruff and Brent Suter and Madison Bumgarner even hitting home runs. But at the same time, you have Jimmy Nelson getting hurt sliding into first. You have Chase Anderson going on the DL because he took a bad swing. You got Junior Guerra going on the DL because he had to run out a bunt. 
I mean, those were three of the top Brewers pitchers at the time getting hurt because they were hitting. Mm. And Uh if if the Brewers had Jimmy Nelson, if they had the DH back in 2017 and Nelson didn't get hurt and Anderson didn't get hurt in the middle of the year and Garrett didn't get hurt to Mm. set back his entire season, Mm. the Brewers would have made the playoffs that year. Probably, yes. They might have even won the division. Wow. Might have. I mean, if they didn't lose Anderson for all those games, they didn't lose Nelson there at the end, who knows what Garrett could have been because yeah. that happened on opening day. Garrett could have actually even been useful that entire year. So you never know what could have happened. And it was it's those three injuries that have definitely pushed me more from the complete no DH, let the pitchers hit, to more on the fence about whether it should be universal or not. I agree. And like Matthew said, the, having the DH and the NL would benefit the Brewers, you know, getting Eric Thames lefty power hitter regular at bats. I think last year when he struggled at the end, it was just because he was just getting so much inconsistent time up there. I mean, pinch hitting's hard stuff to get a rhythm, but if he was in there every day, um, I think he'd get back to those numbers that we saw in 2017. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could have kept uh, Domingo Santana if we wanted to, if the DH right. was coming. <clears throat> Got all those extra outfielders. Ben Gamble could see a lot more playing time if he was a DH. Ryan Braun, you could just keep him healthy by making him a DH. Put Gamble out there in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I think the Brewers would be well suited to add a DH if if the Brewers or if the NL did add the DH. I, I think they'd have the roster type that um, could handle that, and they wouldn't be really set back anywhere. But you also. I mean, they can't add it this year because, no. the. I mean, you're already all the way through the offseason. Like, hey, if we knew that DH was coming, maybe we would have gone after Nelson Cruz. You know? Like, it's... Right. They can't do that until at least 2020. And from the reports I saw that it's still not anywhere close to actually becoming a, re- a real thing, the universal DH. Much to the sadness of Matthew. <laughs> Someday. Someday. I do think it'll happen someday. Yeah, I do. I think of the rules we've gone through, that's going to be the one that takes place first. Pitch clock. I hope they don't no. do a pitch clock. <laughs> I hope they do. Just see so your head explodes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So, Matthew, you came out. You yep. you wrote an article the other day about spring training position battles. Bunch of battles yep. to look at in uh, in camp this year, um, namely the second base battle, which is probably going to end up being a platoon between Aaron yep. Perez and Corey Spangenberg, but maybe Tyler Saladino yep. could slip in there. He, it's possible he, he could make he, he could make the twenty five man roster. Um, Unicorns um, could also fly in the sky. Yeah, well, you know, if you believe in unicorns, <laughs> um, but anyway, I, yeah, it's. It, I, I think right right now, unless we add some, unless we unless we add somebody in the next two weeks, we're probably going to be probably looking at a, a Spangenberg Perez platoon at least to start the season until somebody comes up to uh, kind of assume the mantle of the everyday second baseman. I think that's kind of their plan. Um, yeah, Perez and Spangenberg, they're both. Uh, 
Perez is a righty, Spangenberg's lefty. They both against the opposite pitchers bat in the two seventies. So I think a platoon, especially if they truly believe Kestenier can be up in the summertime. I mean, mm. I think they can get by and they have a deep lineup as it is. So True. even if those two are inconsistent, you can bury them in there. Um, so I kind of expect, I don't expect to see a second baseman acquisition at this point. No, me either. No, I mean, they really mi- kind of missed their opportunity with, with the whole run with Jed Lowry and DJ LeMayhew and all those other big names that went and signed two-year deals elsewhere. And the only guy really worth getting at this point would be Derek Dietrich, and he's only a slight upgrade over Corey Spangenberg, who you already have. Yeah, right. So Just another guy. Yeah, I, I think it's more likely that they stick with what they have. Um. And I'm excited for spring training with just the pitching rotation. Oh yeah, just We're, just seeing how that battle goes out. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be. I mean, because because right now, who I mean, Chassin, Nelson, assuming he's healthy and ready to go, and then Burns are those kind of the three that we assume are just kind of slotted in. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely slotting in those three. And then so after that, you got Woodruff, Freddie, Davies. Chase Anderson, Junior Guerra, for the final two spots. Guerra yeah. is pretty much all assured, assured of a bullpen spot. Yeah, yeah. Guerra is going to be the long reliever. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, makes sense. I'm, so you got, I'm, I, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but I could definitely see the Brewers going with something unconventional. You know, um, you know, maybe maybe trying you know to to go with a, a six man or something. You know, something weird. You know, or I, a tandem. I really don't know what it would. Like the minor yeah, leagues, have one guy go, f- have uh-huh. one guy go four or five, have the other guy go four or five. There you go. Uh-huh. I mean, you got four guys for those final two spots. You got Davies, Anderson, Woodruff, and Peralta. Mm. I mean, could you see them going back to back with any of those guys? Maybe just mixing up their styles a little bit. Because Davies is more of a soft tosser. Maybe pair him with. Um, yeah, who's the hardest thrower of that group? Woodruff? I think Woodruff Peralta, throws pretty no. hard. Yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe pair Woodruff, Davies Woodruff with Woodruffs. Freddy. Yeah. I mean, Freddie's like 94 at his best. Mm-hmm. So maybe pair Peralta with Anderson, who, I mean, he's hit 95, 96 before, but that was when he was good, and last year his velocity was back down. But... Mm. Yeah, you, I mean, you could definitely kind of match them up with kind of opposing skill sets and go with a tandem there for those final two spots. I think it'll be really interesting to see how just what Council does to, like you said, Matthew, it might be something unconventional to showing that they're willing to do in the postseason. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It, it, I, I, honestly, I think it, I think. I'm I'm not 100% certain where the strategy comes from. If it's if it's Stearns and the analytics tra- tra- driving the boat, or if it's Craig Council and his decision making driving the boat, maybe a combo. But, uh, yeah, maybe a combo. Maybe they're both on the same page as far as that goes, and they just kind of mm-hmm. you know piece it together because it it was pretty obvious there was you know they, they they've you know you know just last year with the uh, you know with the Dan Jennings start and with the Wade Miley start, I, I think you know they're 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 willing to try some. You know, different you know different things with the, with the starting rotation, and I think that's what we're setting up. We're setting up for with this group. Mm-hmm. See, and this is where it'd be nice to have a left-handed pitcher to throw into this rotation. Like, if you're doing a tandem, have that righty-lefty mix, mm-hmm. 
And that's where maybe possibly Gio Gonzalez could come in. You you have him work a tandem with one of those pitchers, and then you know you start with the righty, and then you move to the lefty afterwards, or vice versa, and then right. somehow you piece together nine innings, and hopefully your offense gives you enough runs to come out with a win. There you go. I like it. All about banking them wins. <laughs> yeah, the Brewers are definitely open to unconventional. Unconventional ideas. Um, yeah, the rotation and second base are going to be two huge battles to watch in spring training. Um, everything else was pretty much set. Starting catcher set. First base is going to be Aguilar. Shortstop, Arcia. Third base, Shaw. Outfield, Kane, Yelich, Braun. I mean, everything else is pretty much done. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, lately, over the past week, we've started the Reviewing the Brew Top 15 Milwaukee Brewers Prospects list, going one by one from 15 up to number one. And we've been releasing one a day. We started with number 15, Cody Ponce. And um, he kind of had a down year in 2018, but he's still got a lot of potential. And followed up with number 14, Marcos Diplon, who came over in, in the Corey Knebel and Giovanni Gallardo trade. And he's he's been pretty good in the past. He had a rough year in 2018 as well, which is why he's kind of fallen on the list a little bit. But um, Matthew, you've kind of been following along on the list, I, I hope, as well. Um, we, just oh, released, yeah. we just released number nine today, which was Jacob Nottingham, a catcher. So... From 9 through 15, um, mm-hmm. was there anyone who really kind of sticks out to you? I, I, I apologize for being terribly unprepared. Let me, let me pull up my, 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 <laughs> yeah, copy, all right, all right. my copy of the list here. Yeah, so I got 15 Cody Ponce, 14 Marcos Diplon, 13 mm-hmm. Peyton Henry, 12 is Joe Gray Jr., 11 is Troy Stokes Jr., 9 is Aaron Ashby, and 10 is Jacob Nottingham. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Troy Troy the Wonder Boy. Yeah, but uh, Playboy I think, Troy. You know, I think I I I think my my favorite. You know, I the guy that sticks out to me is got to be number ten, uh, Aaron Ashby. I'm yeah. I, we're all we're all big fans of his. You, know, you just kind of you know you, you saw the you know the, the profile that, that 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 he came you know into the draft with, and he just he fits the Brewers just so well. It's just like I, I that's a guy I could just really see succeeding. You know, at the major league level, at some point, you know, not you know for a few seasons, obviously, but it's just I I, I love his profile. I love the, I love the measurables. I love the you know this you know I, I, everything about him. It's just he, he that's a that's a prospect that you know we've kind of seen that you know the Brewers um, have success with and that type of prospect have success with with you know the Zach Browns and the Corbin Burns. He just he seems like he's the you know you know the next in that in that lineage of uh, you know. You know, Brewers Pitching draft to the yeah. major league. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, 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 I was just going to say that, you know, he's a lefty pitcher. He's got kind of a funky, deceptive delivery. He doesn't throw that hard. He throws like 93, 94. But with that funky delivery, the way it's coming in to hitters is looking more like 97, 98, which sounds a lot like Josh Hader to me. Lefty, funky delivery, dirty stuff. Yeah, the, you know, yeah. The comparisons there. You know, 
for sure. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that he's, he's, his stuff is quite to the same level as haters is, but I, oh yeah, you know, as he develop, as, as he develops, you know, you know, perhaps it, it could get get there one day. Yeah, I mean, he does strike out a lot of guys. I mean, he's gotten a lot of strikeouts on pitches out of the zone, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's just because his stuff is so filthy, it just doesn't stay in the zone. Mm-hmm. So we will continue our top 15 Brewers, excuse me, top 15 Brewers prospects list uh, throughout the week. Coming up tomorrow on Friday will be number eight. Um, we will release that tomorrow at noon. Ooh. And then we'll just keep on releasing one a day. Not going to tell you who it is. You'll have to find out tomorrow. Actually, I don't even know who it is. Yeah, so everyone's just kind of shrouded, <laughs> shrouded mystery here. I got <laughs> everyone's in the dark. Yeah, pretty much. I got my list <laughs> on my computer. That I'm running down. I also shared it with uh, our contributor Joe. He's helping out writing a couple of them. So we're running through the list, and yeah, let us know if you think we're right or wrong on any of these rankings. Definitely would love to hear it. Especially, especially if you think I'm right. I definitely love hearing that one. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to the mailbag segment now. Sent out Ooh. tweet on Twitter earlier today. Got a couple of questions that came in. Uh, first one here from Brewers Dugout. What moves, if any, do you think still need to be made before opening day? Okay. Um, before opening day, honestly, really just settle the 25-man roster. Um, I, I would like to see them add Dallas Keuchel. I would like to see them add a, a second baseman. I'd like to see us add a cough button so we don't have to listen to David cough into his microphone. Sorry. <laughs> but I don't think any of those things are likely to happen you know, before opening day. So I think we're, we're pretty much looking at the, at the team we've got minus, you know, maybe one or two minor league free agents. So, um, I, I think the roster we're, we're going to start the season with is is already in Milwaukee in some way, shape, or form, honestly. Paul? Um, I would agree with you. The big one that I'd like to see is the same as everyone else, the Dallas Keuchel. Um, I really do think <clears throat> or would like to have a lefty in that starting rotation um, and looking at Gio, but you persuaded me a little bit, Matthew, and he's <laughs> you know not really above and beyond what we have other than just being adding a lefty, so... May not be worth adding them, um, but I agree. I think the roster is pretty much set right now. Yeah. Fun, funny enough, Brewers Dugout's second question was, is there a realistic chance of signing Keuchel? <laughs> There's a chance. Realistic? Who knows? I mean, yeah. th- this is dragged down so long that I don't, you know. You I know, wouldn't count the Brewers out for him. Exactly. I, I think they're not. They're not they're, <laughs> They're, I, not, they're not in it. They're not out of it. Yeah, you know? I think as much as they like their own starting pitching, and, and David Stearns is obviously going to tell you that he likes what he has with his starting pitching group, but I think he'd still like to get that you know conventional top of the rotation starting pitcher that you can count on to go out there for six, seven, eight innings every fifth day. I, I think that's a guy he'd prefer to have, and I think if he can get Keuchel on you know maybe a three four year deal, I think he'd definitely do that. I think he should do that. 
Hmm. Right. What's it going to take money-wise? 20? Yeah, probably around 20 million a year. Maybe less depending on how much his mm-hmm. price has actually fallen this late in free agency. So, it'll it'll be interesting. There hasn't been much re- reported on the on the money being involved in, in Dallas Keuchel talks, but we shall see. All right, final question here on the mailbag from Chris. Who was responsible for Miley's turnaround last year, and what did they do? I think it was Derek Johnson who was responsible. I don't know that to be accurate. I think he was developing the cut fastball before he came to the Brewers. Was he? I thought he like he had one, like but he like never really threw it. Like he threw it like once and like it didn't go well. And I think I think Derek Johnson like did something with it, like with the cutter or whatever it was, and he had him throw it more. Mm. And all of a sudden, it started working. Let's see what we yeah. got here. Yeah, it was definitely the cutter that that was responsible for Miley's oh. turnaround. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was Derek Johnson who <coughs> kind of reintroduced it to him. Okay, here we go. From from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, a paper of note. Uh, yeah. uh, for Wade Miley, his <laughs> aha moment came July 25th last year with the Baltimore Orioles at Tropicana Field in the middle of the start against the Tampa Bay Rays. After the Rays had scored five runs against him in the second inning, mm. Miley decided enough was enough and made a change <laughs> to his repertoire. <laughs> he began no more. Cut, yeah, no more runs. Yeah. He began throwing cut fastballs, a pitch best described as a mix between a fastball and a slider that he'd barely thrown in his previous six in his six, previous six years. Just made it up in the middle of the game. Swear to God, Miley recounted this week. I, I was getting crushed a little bit. Wellington was catching, and I just said, hey, look, when Longoria comes back up to bat, I'm throwing all cutters. He just kind of looked at me and laughed. And then David blew his nose into his microphone. (laughs) So he must have been working on it prior to then and just decided to bust it out. (laughs) Apparently. um, (laughs) Oh, here's another, another money quote. You suck enough in this game, and I did for two straight years. I guess insanity is what comes to mind. I kept doing the same thing and expecting a different result, and I finally was just like, I've got to make an adjustment. That's what I came up with. All right. Um, fantastic story. So apparently Miley, Miley himself was responsible for his turnaround. Apparently getting shelled by the Rays made, made him a better yeah. pitcher. All right. <laughs> um, so apparently, I, I ju- I'm just seeing this tweet now. Um Uh-oh. This was sent to us by Brewers Dugout. Apparently, on Dallas Keuchel's Instagram story, he oh, is God. playing Fortnite with Jimmy Nelson right now. Wow. So. David, why don't you report Keuchel to Brewers be the first? Yeah. Keuchel to <laughs> Brewers. It is confirmed. <laughs> Keuchel is playing Fortnite with Jimmy Nelson. So they are friends. And as friends, Jimmy's probably going to try to convince him, hey... Come to Milwaukee. Very interesting I, development right now. I absolutely love that these they're both like in like their late twenties, yeah. both millionaires, several times over, and they're spending their Thursday night hanging out playing Fortnite with each other. <laughs> Maybe they already have Fortnite in the Brewers locker room, but if that's what it takes, it needs to be put in. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like all of last year, like all those guys were playing Fortnite all the time. <laughs> anyway. Just like they're just like us. Oh yeah, yeah. clearly. <laughs> okay. I. Okay, now I'm actually like watching his story here on on my own phone here. So oh God, yeah. So apparently, I mean, it says in the caption it says "feeling like," and then at Jimmy J Nelson, and he's just like sniping people from across the river. So I don't know if he's actually playing with him, or if he's just just because he like you know he knows him and he knows Jimmy Nelson just keeps on sniping people that he's just feeling like it. But still. Interesting. We'll leave it at that. Um, so that's our show for this week. Um, actually, starting next week, we are going to be changing it up a little bit. And from now on, the Reviewing the Brew podcast will record on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. Moving in a bit earlier in the week. Just has some more availability for both of us, and it'll be great. So we'll come well, back again you, you don't want to talk about your personal news in the podcast? No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 hey, it's all, it's all you got to say. Hey, we all know what next Thursday is. <laughs> Not all of us. Okay, next I, Thursday, I, I, if, I you, needed, if you look at the calendar, next Thursday is February 14th. I Honestly, I needed you to send me a reminder because I, I would have forgotten. If you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have remembered. Man, your honestly. poor wife. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's living, yeah, living in, in abject misery with me. <laughs> Sounds like marriage, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, you'll get there. Yeah, one of these days. You'll get, you'll, you'll get there. Yeah, a while down the road. Um, all right, but yeah, that is that is the end of our show. We'll meet back up next week on Tuesday at eight o'clock. Um, next week, pitchers and catchers report. To spring training, and we will finally have baseball back in our lives once again. And this long, long off season will finally come to a close. This has been a really long off season. Thank you, Matthew, for adding that very important piece of information. (laughs) Oh, 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 (laughs) oh, oh, oh. You know what? I I don't swing at pitches in the dirt, especially if they're thrown by David David Gasper. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't get what you're getting pitcher. at. It's, yeah. It's a, you're you're a, a failed pitcher, so... Failed? Wow, okay. Thanks, Matthew. Th- thanks for reminding me of that wonderful time in my life when that came to an end. Thank you. You seem to be pretty good. You know, you seem to take it pretty well. Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, all right, let's let's end this show before we just go through our own miseries too much longer. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Paul, um, editor <laughs> thanks of Dairyland Express. For, <laughs> former time, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry back. <laughs> former RTV contributor, now editor of Dairyland Express. Be sure to check out his stuff over there, covering all things Wisconsin sports for Paul and Matthew. I'm Dave Gasper. We'll see you next week on the Reviewing the Brew podcast.